Hey, marketing executives. Ever thought of a revamp in your B2B designs? Dreamt of launching your own company podcast? Choose Stories Bureau. We master in innovative branding, compelling videos, and podcast production. Don't just market, tell your story. Let's get started at storiesbureau.com. Hey everyone, we're so glad you're here. I'm Elisa Monjadas. I'm a marketing leader and executive coach. I'm Courtney Copeland, and I'm an accountability and wellness coach. And I'm Dr. Mirari Simeon, an activator of talent, HR executive, author, and working mom. If you're anything like the successful multicultural women we interview on the What Rules podcast, you've learned that you can't do it alone. And we teach women like yourself to outsmart the game to get ahead in your career. We're really talking about those rules that we grew up with as women and expectations that have been placed on us. Our mission is to change the face of leadership at What Rules Podcast. As you listen to our talented guests, take note and take action. Go ahead, go and break those rules. I was on a podcast with someone in Paris recently, Mm -hmm. which was cool, except... It was this time of day, and I'm I'm in California, and it's 9 a.m. my time, and I'm just not a morning person, and I could hear in my voice, like, my sentences weren't that great. <laughs> You're like, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> I might look awake, but it's going to, like, probably as soon as we're done, my brain will be like, ding, we're ready. Isn't that funny? I think we all have that, like, time of day when we're just on. And then there's times when we're not, you're like, I'm awake, but for whatever reason, it's just not coming out fluently. So I have all that to say, I have my venti uh, latte with me. Oh, there you go. (laughs) See? Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yes. I already drank two cups of coffee and I put like espresso shot on it. (laughs) You're good to go. I shouldn't even be allowed to drink coffee twice a day, but I was tired this morning. (laughs) Brianna, what are you drinking So, yes, I am drinking a venti ice green tea unsweetened with light ice from Starbucks. I drink their green tea every single day, and I've been doing so religiously for 10 years. And I've read a lot about green tea and how it's an antioxidant and it's healthy for you. And so it's something that I do as part of my regimen. And Today, it's a special treat for me to have it early, just so you know, because usually <laughs> I wait till the end of the day when my husband brings me a green tea on his way home from work. Aw. So. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> green tea has so many uh, health benefits. I Every time I drink it, I just feel like I'm losing weight. Like, yes. <laughs> I know me you too. Yeah, you, <laughs> you like go to a Chinese restaurant and you have tea afterwards. And I, my friends would always say this is like to get rid of the grease. There you go. I know. I think for some people, they wake up every morning. My mom does this. She'll heat up warm water and you put a little bit of lemon. And they say that's a great way to jumpstart your metabolism. And actually, they say also like room temperature or warm drinks are better for you. But this is just kind of my thing. So and it's actually good, but like it takes, you know, four seconds to make. So I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Too much work. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you got to cut the lemons. (laughs) I'm Brianna Hinojosa-Smith. 
and I wear a lot of different hats. I'm chief legal officer for digital and technology at Yum Brands. You know, when I ran for Congress, I used to start out by introducing myself as a mother, a wife, a professional. I guess I'm a, I'm a patent attorney. I also am a public servant, so I serve on the Coppell City Council. I'm a mother of two teenagers. I'm a community volunteer, and I've also added in there that I'm also a breast cancer survivor. And I say that because I think a lot of times especially as women, we want to be that strong front for everybody. And sometimes we don't want to admit that we've had some difficult times, like going through a difficult illness. And so my son always encouraged me to share that as part of my story so that I could help other people as well. I grew up in South Texas. I'm originally from McAllen. My mom is from Linares, Nuevo León. My dad was born in, in the U.S., but I grew up and have been in Texas all my life. I went to school in San Antonio, got my degree in electrical engineering, worked as a government contractor for a year where I had top secret clearance in the Air Force and was programming the equipment that tested missiles on F-14s and F-15s and then had the opportunity. No big deal. By the I way, I'm, uh, on my way to greatness. Yeah, I know. She's saying and all this saying, and I'm it like, was, what? It was really cool. I know. I'm just like, and that was like a fun part of my life. But I also had a chance to then meet a, a patent attorney and he was like, why don't you go to law school? And back in the 90s, so not to age myself or to date myself, but back in the 90s, people didn't really talk about getting your engineering degree and then going to law school. And so that just wasn't a path that I was looking at, right? My mom is a nurse practitioner and was in the healthcare industry. And my dad is a businessman in South Texas and was an optician. And so I just always loved math and science, and I just wasn't sure where to take that, but decided to go and became a patent attorney, and that's what got me into the Dallas area where I am now. I then later decided to get my MBA, and that's been a part of my journey as I've been going from big firm to small firm to being in-house where I'm at currently at Yum Brands. Yum Brands has four brands that include Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the Habit Burger Grill. Congratulations for all those accomplishments. And thank you for being a role model to so many because we haven't unpacked this, but in what you just said is you just moved forward regardless. You didn't let anything stand in your way. And it sounds like you were also open to opportunities. Oh, well, you know, nobody in my family has ever done this, but I'm going to go try it out. So uh, I just wanted to take a moment and recognize that that's incredible. And we're so proud to have you on the podcast for just showcasing just your greatness. And that means a lot. And I really appreciate that because I grew up being from South Texas, right? And then also being raised predominantly by a single parent. So my mom, uh, my parents divorced at a very young age, but my mom was always going to school while I was in school. So, you know, like she was getting her bachelor's when I was in high school. She was working on her first master's in women's health when I was going to undergrad. And then she went on to get her second master's in adult health when I was in law school. And then she started her doctorates. And then around that time was when I had my son. So that's her like my kids are only grandchildren, right? I'm her only child. And so she decided not to pursue the doctorate. But my mom being a migrant worker and then realizing at her teenage age of 16 saying, I don't want to work in the fields for the rest of my life and really going against her parents and saying, I want to do something different. And the only paths that she could 
afford was either being a teacher or being a nurse. And so she decided to go and become a nurse. And so she paved the way for me. And one of the things she always taught me was like, you can be anything you want to be and don't feel like you have to follow in my footsteps, your dad's footsteps. Like if you love math and science, go for it. And I may not even know what you're talking about, but (laughs) we will figure it out. There are open doors and get your foot in there and look at the opportunity and don't turn things away. And you can do anything you want because God will never give you more than you can handle. So what a legacy she created yes. in you. And I mean, next week we'll have her on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> Sounds like you're you're having a, you Love come my from mom, a line yes. of rule breakers here yes. <laughs> in the best way. Yes, absolutely. She broke a lot of rules. Absolutely. Today, we're talking about changing course without hesitation. I know that's a rule you've broken along the way in your career. What has that looked like for you? I think I've broken a lot of rules along the way, but changing course has been one that probably has been at the forefront and especially in my career. Probably the the best example that I can give of, of changing course without hesitation was um, in the midst of the pandemic, right? Just of the time in 2020 where we were kind of going through some digital transformation, I was working for a big technology company. But I, at the time, I wasn't necessarily looking to make a career change, but I also was doing what I had a passion for. I love doing IP, intellectual property. My background is in technology. And intellectual property has always been four components of patents, trademarks, trade secrets, and copyrights, and has kind of morphed. And so I was doing what I love to do. And it was something, though, that came to me very easily. But in the midst of the pandemic, I had young brands reach out to me with an opportunity and they said, we're building a technology startup within a big company in the restaurant industry, right? Being one of the top or number one restaurant companies in the world. And we'd love for you to come work for us. And I remember having these conversations in the midst of pandemic when my kids were home, right? And so at the time, my my kids are now 14 and 18. So they were probably around 11. My daughter was 11 and my son was, what, 14. And when I got off the phone with the recruiter, there were two two things that came out of my children. One was from my son that said, I can't have you leave Microsoft. Like, how are we going to get the latest Xbox? Right. That's what he cared about. <laughs> I love obviously. And yeah. Like what's going to happen to my Xbox? And then, but from my daughter, what I loved was that as I was on the call, she was actually looking up the apps for the different restaurants Because as we all know, that the customer behavior really changed in the midst of the pandemic. And we were all ordering online and we were using apps where a lot of us hadn't originally embraced it. That's how we were ordering out. And so my daughter looked it up. And what she said to me when I got off the phone was, guess what? KFC doesn't have an app and they don't have a website. And so she actually had noticed that. And as I started to progress into this kind of career transformation and talking more to Yum, I realized that 
it was going to take me out of my comfort zone. It was going to be something that I would go in a different direction because it wasn't just about intellectual property, but it was more of being a part of a digital transformation in helping a company accelerate in that space a lot sooner than they were expecting to do that. And so the more that I heard from my daughter in that conversation, the more I was inspired to step out of my comfort zone when, to be honest with you, I was working for an amazing company. Microsoft is an amazing company. I was doing great things. I was doing well. And yet I took a moment to think, hey, you know what? I'm going to change my course in my career because I get to do something different and I get to step out of my comfort zone and I get to be a part of something really cool. I love that you talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. Do you think that that had anything to do with your journey till then? There's been a lot of times when I have stepped out and sometimes without knowing it. So I did it without hesitation of, yeah, that feels good. But I will tell you that up until then in my career, I had stayed the course of doing kind of what came naturally of being a patent attorney. So I had gone from job to job to job where I was using the skill set that I already knew. But what's interesting is that I had a mentor at Microsoft who had said to me, you would do really well as a general counsel role in a startup company, like a startup technology company. Have you ever thought of doing more and broadening your scope? And I said, you know, I I really hadn't because my comfort area and what I know is intellectual property. I know patents. So when this opportunity came up, I remember reaching out to him and saying, I have this opportunity, right? Like it would take me away from Microsoft, but I want to know what your thoughts are. And he's like, this gives you an opportunity to really step, take that step towards being a general counsel. And maybe this is an an area that maybe you'll like, maybe you won't, but why not do it? And so I will say that a lot of times I've taken some, I would call them more calculated risks of when you say doing something without hesitation, I will admit that there's still some conversations that I want to have just to make sure that I'm not doing something completely and you're a lawyer. Out of right? the norm. Like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. Yeah, you have to do your due diligence. <laughs> I got to do my due diligence. Smart. Yes. <laughs> and so, but for me, it was, you know what? I think this will be a great opportunity. And I think what's been really exciting about this opportunity is because I came in and I don't know that it was really structured on what my role would be. And I've had an opportunity to change the course along the way and morph it and build my team and make it what I want. And so I've been able to dive into employment law and labor and contracts and privacy and all these different areas that I may not have had the opportunity to do had I stayed the course. You know, one of the things that that comes to mind is what advice would you give someone who maybe they have this opportunity, but they're so used to being in the comfort zone? I would say that it's always important to be curious and it's always important, important to have a growth mindset. You know, we're always trying to build our resume and our story. What's our story? And if you're doing things and realizing that you can do things with your eyes closed, right? Yes. And it just comes easy is that really what you want your legacy to be? Is it the status quo or are you willing to take that calculated risk? 
And I think my advice would be that it's okay to take that step outside. And the important thing is to realize that you can always come back. You're always going to have that continued safety net that you can come back to. But why not say, I tried this, right? One of the things that was my motto when I ran for Congress in 2012 was, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Think about that. What would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? And that was really what, when one of my mentors gave that to me, when I was talking to him about running for Congress, I'm like, why would I not run for Congress? And I lost and that's okay, but it was an amazing experience and it's a part of my story. And you know what? And that's on my resume. And a lot of times when I've been either looking for jobs or some, a recruiter has come forward, they see that on my resume. And that becomes a talking point of tell me about running for Congress. What was that like? Yeah. It's not something you see very often. No, (laughs) but, but I, (laughs) like she ran for Congress. Tell me about that. But that was so funny because that was actually my coffee talk this morning. Somebody wanted to talk about like, tell me about running for Congress. And I think it's like, what do you want your story to be? And think about the things that you would, you know, you would try to do. And and if you fail, like the lesson I want my kids to know is that you can get back up and try again. And we learn from that. But is it really a failure or is it more of I took that stepping stone and it helped me get to that next level that I was looking for or that next opportunity that I was looking for? And if I don't do it, will I regret not having taken that opportunity? So that would be my advice is think about what is it that I'm trying to get to? What does my 510 year plan look like? And if I don't take that step outside of my comfort zone, will I regret not having taken that opportunity? You know, there's a book called The Big Leap. And mm-hmm. the author talks about your zone of excellence and your zone of genius. And it's interesting that you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. A couple of things you said with the Microsoft job, it came naturally to you and mm-hmm. IP and all that. And then you also said, oh, I could do this with my eyes closed. And I think what sometimes what happens is when you're growing you end up, once you get there, it's your zone of excellence. But if you stay there, you're not really tapping into that zone of genius. So it could have been Mm. your zone of genius 10 years ago when you were entering in, you mastered it. And now the embracing the unknown really sets you up for genius. Mm -hmm. And it's a big word to say, but when you're in your zone of genius, you're being challenged and you're thriving and you're happy. Right. And a lot of people have a hard time going from the zone of excellence because it is so comfortable and it Mm -hmm. feels good. And people probably on the outside congratulate you and affirm how good you do at your job. And so you moving into your zone of genius and now here you are today. Well, we'll call you a genius because <laughs> it sounds go. like you yes. are. Um, you know, it, it's really a true testament to making a choice for your own like career satisfaction and life satisfaction. And probably later on, we'll hear you talking about your next getting into your next zone of genius. And um, I, I want to pivot just a little bit and ask you, Miradi, have you ever had moments where you were in your comfort zone and you're like, okay, I need to get out of this. Like other, I know there's more for me. Probably my last job. I was so comfortable in it. I could do it with my eyes closed and I was good at it. 
Now, I do got to say that it was during that time that because I was comfortable, I did decide to go for my doctorate and go out of my comfort zone. So I look at it from both perspectives. Yes, I was, I stood too long, I would say in that role, but at the same time, then I was kind of- You needed that challenge. I needed the challenge. So I went and got it someplace else. Right. Uh, and, and that's kind of why I asked earlier, Brianna, is like, is this something that you kind of grew up with? right? You're used to these challenging times. And sometimes we don't even realize it, that that is kind of within us and we mm -hmm. could do it, but we are the ones that hold ourselves back. Yes. Right. Yes. Because when you start thinking just everything that you said that you've done and even growing up, your mom going to school and all these things, all these challenges that you just kind of manage as a way of life and got really good at it. Mm -hmm. So being out of your comfort zone it's probably normal. Like I even look at it right now from when I talk, when I look for opportunities or even when I take new projects, they're typically difficult ones, things that are hard to do. You know, like even going to school with two small kids and a global job and all this. But I'm like, okay, I got to go do that, right? Like that's the adrenaline. Because <laughs> it's fun and it's different, right? And I think it's when when we want to just challenge ourselves. And, and, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this too is like, would you say there's times when it's, it's the right time to do it? And then there's times when it's not, right? So it's a lot of looking and I, and I don't want to necessarily use the word balance, but a lot of times you, use, you know, people will use that use balance, but there's always going to be something that's, that needs more attention to the other. There's family, there's work, there's, you know, the different things in your life. Maybe you have aging parents, whatever it might be, right? There's something that's always going on. And where do you want to invest your time or your energy or your challenge, right? And so there may be times that it's just not the right time to step outside your comfort zone because you might be like, hey, right now I've got two small children at home and the, I'm doing great at my job and why, you know, I know this opportunities come up, but it's not the right time, but that's not to say that I won't do it at a later time when I know that my kids are in a different place. Right. And that's okay. Absolutely. And I think the way that the other way to look at it is I am comfortable here. So now I can go and do all those other yes. things. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and it's okay to your point to be in a comfortable place when other things can pull your attention, or maybe that's the time that you want to do that, that book or that yes. whatever it may be. Uh, but I do, I do believe that there is a time for everything. And I think that's the piece where we got to watch ourselves from mm -hmm. a health overall health perspective, because we've been so used to being resilient, especially many of the women that we interview, multicultural women, because they've had so many obstacles in their way that we're used to it. And sometimes we get used to just carrying so much weight mm -hmm. that when it gets lighter for us, we're looking to carry more weight right. because we've just been used to it. And to your point, Brianna, this may be the time to say, enjoy it. Enjoy right. not having all that weight on your shoulders for this amount of time, because rest assured, it's going to come back in some way or another. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that's important to note is that we're so used to everything, especially for women, right? We're always going 100 miles an hour and we're always looking for more, but where are we investing our energy and what does that look like? And I know that there's been times where I'm like, this is working well. Why do I want to do something different? Or like you said, I there was a time when 
I'm like, job wise, I was doing well, but I wanted to go get my MBA. And I remember it's like I went and I took my GMAT and got admitted to UT Arlington to get my MBA. And then I found out I was pregnant with my first son. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Right. (laughs) And I remember coming home and talking to my family and they're like, you go to school. So I always joke with my son, like, hey, you graduated with an MBA. You just don't have the certificate to show for it. But, <laughs> but like, you know what? I, I did it. I did the night program and I worked during the day. And that for me was I was comfortable in my career, but I knew that I wanted to take that additional step in my education. And then now it's allowed me to pivot in other areas and not hesitate so much because now I feel like I have what I needed to take that next step. How do you leverage your your mentors? It sounds absolutely for your career perspective, but I would love for the people that are listening is how to leverage their mentors, especially Mm -hmm. for big decisions like this. I think it's always important to surround yourself. It's not a matter of how many people, but who those people are that you surround yourself with that are that kind of your safety net to go to from a mentoring standpoint that will give you that honest input and or feedback and support when you're making some really big decisions. It's a sounding board where you can go and say, I'm looking to make this decision. What do you think? When I was looking to make this job move, because again, I was at a great company and doing really well and had been there for four years and really enjoyed what I was doing and enjoyed my team. But here I was looking to do something completely outside of the box and in an industry that I knew nothing about. I had worked in telecommunications and technology and AI and augmented reality, but I didn't know anything about the restaurant business or franchising. And so here I was looking to do something completely different. And I have about I would say four to five people that I really respect their input and some are in the legal industry, some are in the business industry. And then I'll add in there that my mom is also someone that's part of that five that I go to to say, you know, she sounds like a smart woman. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, give me me some of your thoughts. (laughs) And so really kind of wanted to get their input on do you think I can do this job because it's something in an industry I don't know? I'll be doing IP, but that will only be a small subset, right? That So I'll have an opportunity to, to be a general counsel or potentially be a chief legal officer. And do you think I can do that? And all of them gave me such great advice on can you do it? Absolutely. Like you're a lawyer, you know how to look at the issues and you know how to negotiate contracts and you know how to talk to people, but where, where are you now and where are you wanting to be? And how does this next step fit into that path? And the reality is where I was in my life, I I wanted to someday be a general counsel or a senior vice president or a chief legal officer. That was what I was looking for because I'll say this, it's not so much about even the title, but it's the role of also having other people and building a team that I can develop and bring up that next generation of 
attorneys or legal partners in an industry. And I wanted to be able to also make that impact. I really believe it's critical and it continues to be critical based on the data to really advance the multicultural talent, which is already prepared. What I would love for you to highlight for us is to those leaders Mm -hmm. like you who are in a position of power, what can they do or what should they be considering doing to advance that multicultural talent that is there, is present, and is looking for the opportunities? Because it sounds like you said, hey, you didn't have the experience in this industry, but you're there, you're doing magnificent, Mm -hmm. you're doing all these great things. And somebody said, yes, I believe that you can do this. So we'd love to hear your perspective as somebody who is growing and developing this talent. What would you tell to those leaders who want to be intentional about advancing multicultural women in the workplace? Yes. And and you use one of my favorite words is being intentional and purposeful when you're in a position where you can actually make a difference, right? So we talk so much about moving the needle, right? And moving that needle forward. And it's taken us years. When I ran for Congress in 2012, it wasn't even so much of, wow, I want to be a congresswoman. I want to be a politician in that level. But at that time, We had never had a Latina from Texas Mm. serve in the House of Representatives for Mm. the United States, right? Now we do. We have two. And we have from up from from Texas, we had never had in that time, right? And that was 2012. And so we're now in 2023, and we talk about continuing to move this needle. So those of us who are provided the opportunity to be in a position of power or influence— then we truly need to be intentional and purposeful about bringing others along. And one of the things I did, I did it at Microsoft, I've done it at Yum, and I've done it at other companies, is make sure that when we are hiring people, we are looking at diverse talent, we are building diverse teams, we are making sure that when we're working with our outside vendors, our outside counsel, we are also being very intentional about providing opportunities for others who may not necessarily have that opportunity unless we say, hey, I know that you have that attorney on your team and you know, I know they're an associate, but I really want them working on this project, right? Yes. And so it really is up to us to make that change and to continue to move that needle. We have that opportunity. Why not take it? Yes. So a couple of takeaways that I've gotten from this conversation, I was imagining myself as a listener confused, like, Mm -hmm. okay, an opportunity has come to me and it's a time to challenge and I need to go for it. But then, oh, wait a second. What if it's not the right time and I need to step back because it's important to step back and rest and maybe I'm too go, go, go. So Mm -hmm. what do I do? And I think those are both great times to ask yourself what you're what what do you do because the most important part piece of that is recognizing that you have an opportunity to change I would say that number one is just recognizing when those moments happen it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have to change course but at least if you can recognize it now you know I am pretty comfortable I can do this job with my eyes closed. Like th- mm-hmm. that's an indicator right there. Yes. And the answer to my question, as you both have been talking uh, more and more, has really been when you're in those moments, should I stay? Should I go? Do I take the leap? Do I need the time to rest? Is 
putting a parachute of support around you and thinking about the goals that you have, making sure you have mentors in your life. You don't get a mentor right when you have those moments, right? right? You have your board of directors coming with you along the way. People have seen what is necessary for you personally, because we all have different needs, different capacities, all of that. So when you have those mentors, peers, people who are invested and care about you, my challenge to the listeners is to listen to those people Mm -hmm. in your life because they can see something from a completely different perspective and they care about you and they're invested in your mental health. They're invested in your career growth. They're invested in your family. If you're thinking about changing course without hesitation, one, recognize the opportunity to ask the people in your network for support. And leverage and listen to them. And listen to them because they're they're going to be your biggest cheerleaders no matter what happens, right? Just so you know, I've had opportunities that have come up and people say, I don't know that that's really going to help you get to that next level or that that's really going to help you or, or you're really doing well here and that you're in a good place. Maybe this isn't the time to move. We always go 100 miles an hour and there's been times when I've had to step back and say, you know what, right now this is where I want to focus my time and my energy. And I've had opportunities that have come up and as much as I've, I've wanted to do them, it just for whatever reason at that moment wasn't the right time. But if you're going to make that change, I would say kind of as we talk about breaking rules, do it without hesitation. Take that leap and really be willing to go all in. I think that's great. And I think something that, you know, I would even ask you, Alisa, is when has there come a time that you may Mm -hmm. be in that situation, right? I have aging parents, so they're a priority for me right now. And I get a lot of opportunities outside of Texas and I'm saying no. I've talked Mm -hmm. to mentors and they continue to remind me, what are your priorities right now? And these are my priorities. And at the end of the day for me is, I wanna continue to stay in Texas and make a difference here. And I could do that globally (laughs) from here. As of today, November uh, 2023, I co-own a marketing agency. In 2010, I was offered to own a production company with a partnership. And then in 2013, I was offered to take the helm of another agency and um, kind of take it over as in a succession plan. And I had other goals at those times in my life. I really want to explore executive coaching. I've always had this like bivocational side to me. I don't know if this is the right or the wrong thing, but I remember saying no to both of those opportunities. And then I went to my parents, who are still my biggest mentors, and I told them what I did just to make sure. Like, <laughs> You're like I need that I felt, affirmation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't need to go to the. I knew. I, I knew the answer as soon as the questions came. I did. Obviously, I thought about it, but I just knew this is not going to get me to where I need to go. But I still needed to make sure that my intuition was like on track Mm -hmm. at the time. And when I went and told my parents, 
because they're my parents, they're like, wow, that's really cool. Are you sure? Well, I don't know. We're kind of excited. That's a really (laughs) good opportunity. And then like they calm down and they're like, okay, no, you, you made the right decision. And it was great. And my parents have been like that for me throughout my life. They get excited. They go through all the emotions because it's not always so cut and dry. Mm -hmm. And so they'll go through all of that with me and then help me feel good or or maybe tell me to go back and change my mind. So I kind of use them a lot of times after the fact. That was a time when you were like, this isn't the right move. This isn't what I'm looking to do. But has there been a time when you have changed course and done it without hesitation? And what was your thought process in that? Well, as I said, executive coaching has been like my jam. I went to school for it, all that kind of thing. And a couple of years ago, I decided to go full time in coaching and I got this really great opportunity to work with some corporations, do coach a ton of executives. And right as that opportunity came, I ended up saying yes to both, spoiler alert, but right (laughs) as that opportunity came, I had this mantra, is it cool? Is it fun? Can I get paid for the work? And so I was doing marketing stuff and it was cool and it was fun and I was getting paid (laughs) with my now business partner and I just really loved it. And I realized like we were doing so much. He said, do you want to just come do this with me? Like, I know you're coaching, maybe you can figure it out. And I said, yeah, it was a big process for me to set aside my old dreams because it looked a very specific way. And I have been doing coaching for almost a decade, and it hasn't looked the way I thought it would when I graduated from grad school. And it took me a long time to be okay with that, too. And so by the time I got to that point, that decision-making point, I was like, I had to really step back and think about, well, what do I want today? Mm -hmm. And what do I enjoy today? So I finished the big coaching contract, and then completely pivoted to working with Stories Bureau, where I work, where I partner now. And I'm so happy and I'm being challenged all the time. And I'm in my zone of genius. And that's, I love that's that. where I, I love to be. <laughs> and, and that's what I've taken away from this today, too, is one, I need to go read that book. But secondly, is being in that zone of genius. Like, I really love that. And I think that's so important is what zone do you want to be in today? What does that look like? And are you ready to be in that zone of genius? And if you're going to be, if you're going to take that big leap, truly do it without hesitation and go forward. And the reality is that if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, and we've got to do something different, that's okay too. And I think so many times we're so hard on ourselves because we're afraid of failure or disappointment. They're disappointing others. I sometimes am like, oh, you know, am am I going to be able to meet someone else's expectations? And it's really not about that. It's what am I trying to do again, for myself? And what am I going to do in this position? And how am I going to make an impact? And as you had mentioned, Mededi, of just being able to, this is a position where I'm able to make sure that I can build that pipeline of talent to also come in and make a difference. This is an opportunity to do that. And I went from being the solo attorney for digital technology to building a team of seven and continuing to grow. What a great opportunity to be able to do that. And if and when we do something different, I can say I was able to be a part of building this. You are 
like we mentioned, a role model and somebody in the C-suite. So my question to you is, what would you say to those multicultural women who this may be a dream for them, or they may don't even know if this is their dream, but they're struggling with what's next? Don't be afraid to ask for more. Be bold and ask for more. And you might already be in that position where you can then create that opportunity to be in that C-suite. So don't be afraid to ask for more. Want more advice on how to break the rules and outsmart the game to advance your career? Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and our website, whatrulespodcast.com for more insight from our guests and hosts and join our community on LinkedIn where we discuss rule-breaking strategies for multicultural women. What Rules is a project of Zara Consulting and is supported by the amazing team at Stories Bureau. This episode was produced by Alexandra Uresta with editing and music supervision by Joshua Ramsey and was engineered and mixed by Tim Ballant. Our podcast cover was designed by Delion Creative. Visit whatrulespodcast.com for more info, upcoming events, and all episodes of What Rules, including video, and make sure to give us a follow.